Hello. Not since Sonny and Cher has there been such an iconic duo. We once destroyed Gen Con by playing the world's shortest game of Twilight Imperium. Only five and a half hours. I couldn't remember. I just remember it being short. (laughs) (laughs) And again, I tell people that story and there's two reactions to that. The first reaction is people who don't know and go, wow, that's a really long board game. And then the other reaction is the people who do know and go, that's it. (laughs) I have talked to Matt Wilkins and he has told that story like three times in the last month. (laughs) So anyway, welcome to the third most watched Amazon podcast, Star Wars podcast, apparently. We're the third I don't know. I don't know. So what happened was last like two weeks ago, I'm perusing Star Wars stuff that might be interesting to me on on Audible. And our podcast popped up number three. The <laughs> <laughs> podcast for the last episode hasn't even been uploaded. So wait, we we have a six month. We, it's been six months since the last one. The last one hasn't even been uploaded. I forgot the password to our anchor. <laughs> I haven't felt like fixing it. I've been working. I got so many podcasts now, Dylan. I can't. I can't keep them straight. Yeah, you, you know, I get it. The oldest one always falls to the wayside. No, that's backpedalers. Oh, okay. that what that, that that's the oldest or falls to the wayside. That falls to the wayside. I I can't get along with the co-host of that. At least I can talk to you. I see you still have your golden shower couch. Uh, for the moment. He's trying to get rid of the golden shower couch. I'm we not trying. Might, okay. We should I'm, raffle it off for charity, Dylan. It's not that I'm trying to get rid of the golden shower couch. It's just that if I ever move, I have no reason to take this couch with me. So if I move, this couch does not come with me. That's bullshit. I don't approve of this. I don't like this. (laughs) I'm I am not thrilled. So anyway, let's talk some news, some sad news. Yes. Um, Dave Wolverton has passed. Question mark. I believe so. Uh, Also known, uh, Dave Wolverton's his pen name. His real name is Dave Farland. It's actually kind of weird because I heard, I got a text from Matt yesterday around like 2 30 ish our time that said a uh, dave farland passed away can you put an article up and i'm like no i'm at work i'm probably going to be here for like another like four hours and then uh he said oh okay and then by the time i got home like i had seen like various other reports from like earlier in the day that had said he passed away but then there was a facebook post from his account that was from his son that said he hasn't passed away He's just in the hospital and they're waiting for all the family to get here to decide what to do. And then I think of today of recording this podcast, it's the 14th. There was another update that came around noon Pacific time around that, that said, yeah, he, he, he passed. This is a shame. We, we met him at Gen Con. So I brought up Gen Con. Uh, he signed one of your books two of mine one of mine didn't make it out of the fire which i had to rebuy my copy of jedi apprentice which i actually started rereading that's the irony like a week ago i started rereading jedi apprentice the rising force 
But um, I have my copy of Courtship of Princess Leia that he did sign. Let me actually. This is Dare to Dream. Oh, nice. I actually don't think he signed mine because I did. I only have a paperback copy and I don't think I brought it. Yeah, you did. You signed it. I remember it. So, yeah. So what happened was we ran into him. Dylan and I ran into him like the first night of Gen Con and we both got super fanboy nervous. And I'm like, excuse me, are you you Dave Wolverton? And he's like, yeah. And we're like, oh, well, here's we're we're big fans of your Star Wars work. Here's 80,000 books. Didn't Matt get like all of um I, I was gonna get to that. <laughs> so we we he he and I talked a bit. Uh Dylan didn't say anything. I don't think you said yeah, I think little. I I think I only met him once because you and Matt ran into him like two or three times, and I only ran into him one. I was only there for one of the one of them. Yeah, so I ran in so when we signed, when he signed my uh, copy of Jedi Apprentice, The Rising Force, he's like, wow, this is the nicest copy. Have you read this? I'm like, yeah. When I was a kid, he's like, and he told this story about this kid who that was the only book he liked reading. And it was held together with duct tape. And he just had all these fascinating stories, um, which we've talked. We've talked about some of it before, like back in 2016. But he was like really impressed with mine. And I said, like, oh, my mom would not buy me another book if it fell apart. <laughs> Which is true. So then I was going, Matt was like, Matt and I were texting the next morning. And I run into Matt. And Matt and Dave Wolverton are it's before one of his lectures or like on a lunch or like a break or something. And Matt and him are just chatting it up. Because this is how Matt it Matt is like the most sociable you probably all guessed it he's one of the most sociable people i've ever met mm-hmm. and, and he is just so like he's so personable and he he and mr wolverton were um we're chatting it up and i came in and they were discussing the um adventures books or missions i can't remember what they're called that he did he did these like they were the he did some of the episode one adventures, I think, and then uh, which the books, not the comics, which were these kids' books that were that you also had like a game that you played with them because um, several several kids' authors did them, like um, Ryder Winham did a bunch too, but he also did these like yeah. missions ones. Where yeah, yeah, the original trilogy. Yeah, I know you're super t- talking about. Um, I can't remember. It doesn't matter. And uh, he and Matt were just talking it up, and it, it was just—it was really nice. He was a really nice guy. He's one of uh, two authors I met during that. The other one was uh, Margaret Weiss, who wrote created Dragonlance. She and Tracy Hickman did. I met her. But yeah, no, this was the only book that I say that this in a textbook that just happened to be in my backpack. 
were the only two things I saved when my house burned down. The only two books. Um, so that's even more cherished now than it already was. Yeah. And I, na- I named this episode Dare to Dream because it kind of also goes with our theme for this episode, which initially was a Star Wars Your Dream EU video game. We had a bunch of EU games came out in the last year, like re-release, like to the Switch and stuff. And I was think watching some YouTube videos on these and a lot of been watching a lot of original Battlefront Battlefront 2 videos. Because I kind of want to play them, but I haven't had a lot of time to do that these days. And I was initially like, dream video game. But then I was like, why don't we dare to dream? This video game is a multimedia property. You're going to get your comics. You're going to get your books. Maybe uh, someone does a a score for the book that has nothing to do with the game. (laughs) Like Shadows of the Empire. So I'll go first because I sprung the second idea on Dylan 30 seconds before we started recording. Which was about Um, uh, 10 minutes ago. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. um, Hello, Rob D. And. um, Oh, we're actually live. I thought we were recording this. (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. I I decided to spice things up since it's the two of us. There isn't a Noah to. To wrangle. To derail us and cause you to have to edit it for three hours. Yeah, which is probably another reason why I haven't touched the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> I even think of that. Anyway, um <laughs> anyway, so let's talk. Um my idea was with the game. So games are are not really they're like secondary canon, right? Mm-hmm. the events happen, but not necessarily the way you play them. I thought of a legacy game that is The Rise of Darth Crate. Because we don't get a lot of Darth Crate. He's there in, like, like I think he's kind of referenced in Legacy of the Force. I can't remember. And he's like kind of in Fate of the Jedi a little bit. Mm-hmm. The one Sith. And just his rise after Fate of the Jedi. And sort of his takeover of the galaxy that that we see in issue one of Legacy. I'm going to do a game of that. But this game would be a mix of Battlefront and Empire at War, and a little bit of Mountain Blade. I was thinking like a trade system, like negotiation. So it's sort of an RPG, but then you have your big battles that are like Battlefront, like Elite Squad Battlefront, where you have Mm -hmm. a space battle and a land battle, and you can go back and forth, but designed better than it is in an Elite Squadron. So Elite Squadron's got some issues. Right. But I could see a good series of novels, like a trilogy off this. Uh, I could see a comic series. John Ostrander 
Jan DeRuzzo writing. Writing and drawing. I think it'd be fun. It's an interesting okay. story that is not was not yet flushed out. We know a little bit from the legacy comics of what happened to Darth Krayt. I think it'd be fun to have a boss battle where you fight Obi-Wan. We got to shoehorn in uh, a legacy character. Well, Krayt uh, did fight Obi-Wan. He did. So we could just have a flashback. Or maybe a training level where you're with the Tusken Raiders. You have your like party dynamics so you can control them. Mm. See that? And then we flash forward into the actual game. Okay. But I could, we could see like uh, just a whole, I could see a series of that. Um, Rob D says that his dream Legends games would be Starfire, Jedi Starfighter 2 and 3. Okay. I've never, I didn't play a lot of Jedi Starfighter. It was one of those PS2 games. By the time I got my PS2, you couldn't find it. So I ended up getting it at the PlayStation Store for my PS4. And I played a, a little bit of it. Um, flying games on console are not necessarily my thing. I prefer it on PC. Preferably with a joystick, but you know, like I've played more of Starfighter, the one where you play you uh, you, you fly the uh, Naboo fighters. Yeah, I played Starfighter. I haven't played Jedi Starfighter. It's fine. You play you fly a Jedi Starfighter. You have the one of the characters returns from Starfighter in Jedi Starfighter. Okay. Um, he also had a comic. That was actually pretty good. Dark Is Horse. it Nim? Yeah, I think it's Nim. Yeah. And the other Jedi is a council member, I think. Um, uh, the one that's got the lobes, Addy. Addy Galea? Yeah, Addy Galea. I think that's, that's who pilots the Jedi Starfighter because episode two was new. That was the new ship for one of the new ships for episode two. But yeah, anyway, um, Dylan. I don't know. See, I have an answer for both, but they're not the same answer. Let's go with it. Because video game, right? <clears throat> one of my favorite games as a kid was um, uh, the Battle State. Not really as a kid. It was like teens. But um Battle stations, both Midway and Pacific. It was like a, it was a World War II uh, naval vehicle combat simulator where you we were you could control like the actual ships, like capital ships and stuff. And there was even like a fleet aspect where you can you would have like fleets of ships and you could go and individually control each and every one of them. And I've always wondered because every time we get a star a Star Wars game involving vehicle combat, it's either ground vehicles or starfighters. We don't really get a like like something where you're actually controlling a star destroyer or you're controlling um a Moncal cruiser. So yeah. and there's a lot of newer games like um I don't play them uh but World War uh blah, 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 War Thunder and World of Warships kind of do this as well where you can control a ship and you know fight other ships though those are more of arcadey kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But I've always wanted well now that you brought this, I always thought, 
man, it would be really cool if there was just a game where I could just control the Star Destroyer and and go around and fight other things with it instead of just being in like the Starfighter the whole time. Well, can't you control uh, flagship cruisers in Empire at War? So you can, but that's like a more of a point and click thing. In in like oh, battle yeah, stations, you were you could literally like man the guns and like actually aim with the cannons, and you could choose to switch between your artillery uh, and your anti aircraft battery, and um, or you could like drop torpedoes or uh, depth charges even, and you kind of had that freedom where you can go about. You were literally driving the ship and. Um, Four dot ong, okay, and um, yeah, I've always wanted like literally steering and shooting and like navigating and like also um, commanding at the same time. Mm-hmm. And air um, multimedia project. See, if New Jedi Order didn't exist, I would say that. But like New Jedi Order era, but yeah. New Jedi Order are already exists. I guess. I mean, if you could do it over again and um, have Invasion run concurrent with the New Jedi Order, that way there could be a little bit of a crossover between the two. Um, and yeah. it's not just something tacked on. But as for something that doesn't exist, multimedia project. I don't know if you how you could get a game about this. And I guess it's kind of cheating because the new canon technically did this. But um, the – or they did this time period. They didn't really do this. But a multimedia project around the Bane line of um, the in-betweens, uh, basically Zana the Tenebris, I think would be a fairly interesting multimedia project that you could do. How would you do it? I think – I think it would have to be a mix of novels and comics. Like kind of a 50-50 mix where um, because as much as we always talk about like, oh, uh, Lucino and Carbershin, I don't think Lucino and Carbershin could in any reasonable amount of time make enough books for the 28 Sith Lords that take up that time. (laughs) Fair enough, yeah. Um, so, yeah, just get, like, maybe maybe, like, five or so authors and, like, a few comic and, like, have them each focus on one. Like, maybe even alternated as this, if, like, Zana would get, for example, a comic about her. And then um, Cognus would get a novel or trilogy and, and do it kind of that way. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Assuming, of course, Cognus takes... The, I think Cognus takes the mantle. Yeah, because Cognus takes the mantle and she takes on Darth Millennial, I think is his name. Well, in Terry Brooks's novel, Zana was a dude. <laughs> and they were all men. <laughs> it's a one-off like sentence in a paragraph of the origin of the Sith, which had never been told at that point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's... <laughs> well, no, Jedi versus Sith was out at that point, wasn't it? No. Jedi was... versus Sith was like 2000. I thought it was 99. Let's take a look. 
Because I thought that was pre or at the same time as um, Phantom Menace. Because Bane Cat came from Phantom, or Lucas invented Bane around the time of the Phantom Menace. Yes, because Bane is mentioned by name. No, it was released April 2001 to September 2001. Okay, it's um, not as old as I thought it was. No, uh, but it's still pretty old. Like, I don't remember it coming out. I just remember afterwards, there was like, there was Tales of the Jedi, and then there was Jedi versus Sith, and good luck ever finding it. Which, Jedi versus Sith, that's one I don't have over there. It, it's like, what, four issues? Yeah, it's not good. I reviewed it on the channel way back. It is not good at all. Path of Destruction, what it fixes from Jedi versus Sith is really nice. I mean, freaking, I can't remember her name. Githany? Githany's death in the comic is so stupid. She just walks up, she's like, we, we could have been the two or something like that, and she turns to dust <laughs> in front of everyone, like, Flipping bug, and and like I can't remember what all those. Yeah, her uh, was it her brother or her cousin that she her blew cousins. his her she uh, were they both? His? I thought one was her brother. No, they the two boys I think were brothers, and she was the cousin. Okay, but I, I knew she blew up one of their hands. Yes, yes, that's the one that's like crying. That's the one that Githany uh was seducing to the dark side who ends up killing her his brother and then she i can't remember what her little kid name is at all but one of them's named bug and they have the yeah. stupidest names it's from a child's perspective as they're dumped into a war zone it yeah because lord hoth is recruiting children which doesn't get said enough lord hoth is recruiting children to fight the brotherhood of darkness because he's desperate for Jedi. And the, the children are like cooking for the adults. And like, so I think it's Bug runs away and joins the Sith so he mm -hmm. can fight. Just be an angst lord. But he ends up coming back in Rule of Two. Yeah, he does. He's in a he's in Path of Destruction as well, kind of. He's mentioned. And uh mm -hmm. yeah, he's because in the in the in Path of Destruction's epilogue, he she has already done what she did. She doesn't do it in front of Bane. Mm -hmm. Because the whole last issue is so rushed. At once the thought bomb happens. It's yeah. just it's just a spoilers for anyone who hasn't read Path of Destruction or this obscure comic. Which they wrote another book. There's another Star Wars book. It's like a guidebook called Jedi versus Sith as well, which is also confusing. Which that doesn't get said enough. There is a Jedi versus Sith like guidebook. Oh yep. By uh, I think that's a writer one on one. Hold on, I have it on my shelf. I can't read the name. Yeah. Um. Because everyone crapped on Disney rename like using the Last Jedi. There already was a Star Wars book called The Last Jedi. Or when and it's also bad. 
That is true. And uh, or the fact that uh, Chuck Wendig used Empire's End when there already was an Empire's End. But no one talks about the Jedi versus Sith got used twice in the EU. No one talks about that at all. Or how many times was Clone Wars, some variation of Clone Wars used? Well, yeah, that's true. How many times was Jedi Order used? 20. At least. But anyway, yeah, spoilers for the end of Path of Destruction. Uh, it's bad. It, no, it's not bad. Uh, a lot of people end up... Um... Path of Destruction's good. It fixes a lot of the things that yeah. Jedi vs. Sith did that was dumb. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, and, and Rule of Two also does a bit of retconning on accident. Yeah, but Rule of Two's ending is very convenient. I... I thought it was very convenient the way I it ended. It. I I I like it, it. Does feel a little like Rule Two feels a little rushed throughout. Yeah, I just but, um, I don't like. I'm looking at that situation and I'm like, I don't think the Jedi would have bought. They I, I I don't know. Their whole thing was oh a crazy Sith that we missed uh, managed to kill like five masters. And then we just like ended him in like two seconds when like we all confronted him. No, I don't think the Jedi were that stupid. <laughs> I think they would have been like, how did it wait? I, I think someone would have been, hey, wait a minute. How did this crazy guy kill five masters on his own? Yeah, that that's that's just me. That's that duel, though, that whole fight that duel is great. It's oh, honestly, it's guessing. great up until they the Jedi confront her cousin and they defeat him easily, and they go, well, guess that's the Sith. Done. And then they walk away. That's that's when uh, Path of Destruction, sorry, uh, Rule of Two loses me. Yeah. And, and Dynasty of Evil is also a bit, in hindsight, is a little convenient as well. Yeah. But I mean, they're fine. They're really good books. All, yeah, all, Star, Wars, all Star Wars books have like their convenient things. Like the Thrawn trilogy is full of like Oh, that's really convenient. Oh, my absolute favorite, which is so stupid, but it's so funny when it happens, is in Maul Shadowhunter. Oh God! When, yeah, the when end- he's on the ending, yeah, when he's on the platform running away from Maul, and he's just like he's trying to kill me, and he just so happens to run into Palpatine and in his inner circle, and is like, "Thank you, oh man, Palpatine, you have to listen to me. Your plan is about to get invaded." <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> that wouldn't be so bad if we didn't. His son wasn't in so many books. Yeah, that that that's why that's that's so wonky. Well, I didn't hate MedStar, and I thought well, MedStar's good, and I didn't also hate um, Coruscant Nights. Like I wouldn't reread it, but I didn't in I didn't like hate my time reading it. You hated the Last Jedi. I did hate Last Jedi. I think Michael Reeves also didn't like it either, and that's why it's not called Coruscant Knights Book Four. It should be, but it's not. It's not. So no, Quality Autism and I were talking about this and how the EU. We can get into it a little bit here because I want your opinion on this. Mm-hmm. The EU started to fall apart after the Clone Wars multimedia project 
wrapped up. I we used to say it was 2008 when things started going south. Mm-hmm. But like Legacy of the Force happened, which is is it's not awful, but it has its bad stuff. Well, Kotor, uh, the Kotor comics and um, Legacy. Started Dark Horse, the- Dark Horse did fine for a, while, a little while. I'm talking Delray. <clears throat> Delray, okay. Delray starts getting a little like didn't know where to go with things. They did the Old Republic thing, like they did the Bane books. And <laughs> yes, Papa Wedge, Dylan is alive. This is correct. Last I checked. <laughs> Is he dead inside? We don't know. <laughs> All right, so 2005. So I actually have a, I have a, the thing I did for the expandinguniverse.com when I ranked all the books based and did a bunch of stuff based on their user ratings. I actually have a list now of all the novels that came out in chronological order. So what, what came out after that? Um, so after, yeah, after Revenge of the Sith was Dark Nest, Dark Lord, and then that was the remainder of 2005. And we had Outbound Flight, Triple Zero, uh, Legacy of the Force. Bane Path of Destruction was 2006. Yeah, but I mean, like, we're really starting to, like, New Jedi Order happens. Mm-hmm. What do we do? Oh, I guess we do another event. And, and quality autism, we all, for those of you who don't know, he really doesn't like Troy Denning. And he really doesn't like Karen Travis. Those were two of the three people involved. And and Troy Denning really takes over for the post-Jedi stuff going forward. Which some of what Troy Denning does is very questionable. But some of it's good. Um, But by the time, it's just like things were inconsistent. Whereas like things before... We have, like, the high point of Star Wars is during, the like, the prequel era. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense. There's three movies coming out. And they had to be overshadowed because they're not good movies. Whereas, like, now with the new canon, they can't overshadow how bad those movies are because their new canon stuff is so much worse. I know that's a not that's a controversial opinion, but this podcast is called Star Wars Legends. Not this Star Wars. Correct. Not Star Wars New Canon. We do not cover that really anymore. Or try not to. I try not to have anything to do with Disney Star Wars unless they release Legends content. Which they've done quite a bit recently. But anyway, um by the time two thousand eight happens, it's like the death as well. Yeah, I think I think definitely by 2008, everyone had started to go bad. But because we get, to, yeah, there's not really. I'm looking at it now. 2006, 2007. There's not really a lot happening that's not either Republic Commando or Legacy of the Force, like Outbound Flight, Allegiance, uh, Bane. That's it. Outbound Flight, Allegiance, Bane, Legacy of the Force, and. Um, and Republic Commando is all that was coming out immediately yes. after a multimedia project. Mm-hmm. Then 2008 happens, and two big things happen. Coruscant Knights and Clone Wars. 
Oh, and Force Unleashed. I was going to say Force Unleashed and Clone Wars. I forgot Coruscant Knights came out that late. Oh, Millennium Falcon came out as well. Yeah. When did Plagueis came, come out? That was 2012. Okay. See, there were still some good things coming out here or there. During the... In, like, when Star Wars was really starting to die out. But you notice that with with the exception of what Troy Denning's crew were doing, where we have, like, Fate of the Jedi, things are starting to become one-off things. Get You get your Kenobi, you get your Plagueis, you get Millennium Falcon, you get... Um, the like stealth and siege, which I mean that's a two off, but it should have been one book. Um, you get wild space, no prisoners. Granted, they're supposed to be in the in all in the same series, but they really don't fit as a series. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the the th- the real thing is they really start pushing TCW. I mean, half of the Star Wars Insider issues had TCW covers. You know how many covers of Ginny Tartoski's Clone Wars series there were in Star Wars Insider, Dylan? I have no idea. Probably one. Two. Two. One for season one, one for season two. I had Um, both. This actually, again, this theory actually um, perfectly coincides with... um, uh, Timothy Zahn's fall uh, when he just started writing his own stuff. Because again, that he hadn't written anything during uh, 2000 to 2005, and then it's Out on Flight, Allegiance, and then. When did Survivor's Quest come out? Um, Survivor's Quest, that was 2004. Yeah, because I remember it was a big deal when Survivor's Quest came out. But can anyone actually remember the plot of Survivor's Quest? <laughs> exactly. It's a very forgettable book. The only thing I remember is that Luke and Mara Jade fight a a destroyer droid because that's what the Pablo Hidalgo put in his essential readers can <laughs> hey, that's what they commissioned yeah. for it. Yeah. It's a good good piece of art, but like it's it's weird. Uh, but yeah, we get like you, you start seeing a lot of one-off things, like or if things were part of a series, they're not being labeled as such, like um, Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. I mean, technically speaking, the Jacks Pavin Septology is its old unofficial series. Yeah, and that's a, basically its end. I don't think it was meant to be the end because I think there would have been more of it had it continued. Because that because the last Jedi doesn't really end that storyline. It kills one of the main characters. Spoilers, by the way. But yeah, um, but yeah, um, and like the whole Karen Travis fallout happens mm-hmm. around this time. Karen Travis was a whether she was a good author or not. She was a big name. You know, I could argue she was the second biggest Star Wars author name. Like, ever. You had your Zahn, you got your Travis. Who's, 
Travis fans got so mad at us, they left us a negative review on iTunes. Our our podcast doesn't have that many reviews, but that's the bad one. They're like, good podcast, but made fun of Karen Travis, so I can't watch. I paraphrase <laughs> really? it. That's pretty much it, yeah. I, Dude, I, I left I, it up because I, it made me cackle. Look, just, okay, Karen Travis is good, like, half of the time. <laughs> she's, she's good when other people tell her what to write. Well, no, she's not. Because her books have, her legacy of the Force books are funky. She was good in the beginning, before she got her ego. Hard Contact is a solid book. Mm-hmm. I would even put No Prisoners. No Prisoners, I would put second. Her Clone Wars novelization is also really good. Yeah, it's bet. This isn't saying much, but it is better than the movie. Actually, I would say, I would honestly say, if you want to consume the Clone Wars for some reason, read the book, don't watch the movie. It. I would say it's easier to find, but they did put the Clone Wars movie on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Why? I don't know. It's It's the lowest rated Star Wars movie ever. It's rated lower than the holiday really? special on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? Yeah. Is it uh, rated worse than the Ewok movies? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't know if the Ewok movies have critic reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. But yeah, no, it has like an 18% on Rotten Tomatoes. That movie's horrendous. And that's one of those things when you fight with Clone Wars fans, like Ahsoka fans and stuff, because... I've had the misfortune of doing that. Um, and I'm not condoning fighting with Clone Wars fans. You, you don't get anywhere. Uh, um, we've already got Evan in the comments of this video, probably. So we mentioned. No, it's like saying Bloody Mary three times in the mirror. He just, he just comes in and just argues with me. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, no, it, it's like, they're like, well, the movie was terrible. That seems to be the general consensus is it was awful. And the animation was horrible. I remember it looking bad at the time. It's aged worse, though. Those first, like, three seasons of Clone Wars are really horrendously animated. By season four, it gets better. But, like, I remember I was watching... I watched the last season of Clone Wars. I did not bother with, I have not bothered with Bad Batch, nor do I plan to, because their story was kind of, it was meh. It wasn't the worst story. That'd be Ahsoka hanging out with Sideshave and her sister for like a couple episodes that literally don't make any sense and are filler so they could have the final showdown between Ahsoka and Maul that no one asked for. Uh, where they literally they hired Ray Park to just be the uh, uh, they put him in motion capture mocap to do a lightsaber fight so it looks really funky this is the only lightsaber duel that they did that for for that entire series but the okay the lightsaber duels was like the one thing Clone Wars got right because they actually like 
for whatever reason, the one care in the EU that the that Clone Wars had was in staying consistent with the lightsaber forms of which characters fought which way and how and how the forms were. That was like the one thing they did right. That was the one thing that he actually cared about doing or someone actually cared about doing. Oh, Iron Inquisitor is in here. Hello. Good to see you. Good to see all of you. I missed you guys. It's been like we we joke about legends not being a thing. Me making a video hasn't been a thing in a long time. I've mainly focused on paper movies and doing podcasts with quality autism. Uh, I actually have a freaking haul uploading right now. If it hasn't released already, it took an hour. Ooh. So who knows? Yeah. I share this gem, a hardcover of Boba Fett Hunted, which is a library exclusive that I found on eBay for really cheap. I don't think they knew what they had. So, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, the stan- the stances weren't correct, but the swordplay was. I, I just remember it originally being really herky-jerky, and it got better as it went. Because I remember actually kind of enjoying the Sidious versus Maul and Savage Opress. How can you like that name? Savage Opress. Savage Opress. Okay, here's the better. Um, here's the better question about that fight. Why does Sidious have a lightsaber? Because he hated those things. He only why does he used have it because, two of them. Yeah, why does he have two of them? He hated them. He only used them because he absolutely had to. Because he feels like he has to deal with it? I don't know. Dave Floney can't read. This has been discussed in like every episode is, of this podcast. And why is Sidious going after like the reason Sidious fought Mace Windu and the council members and uh and Yoda was because he had actually wanted to do it for so long, and he was just waiting for. Why does Sidious care about Savage Press? He doesn't like to fight people. He sends other people to do his business unless he absolutely needs to do it himself. I don't know. That's in like the same arc where he force chokes Dooku through a hologram. Do you remember that? I don't know if that's possible in Star Wars um, logic. Well, Luke. Luke pinned Kytus to his chair while he was in his starfighter on the other Luke's side of the, the system. Luke's the son of space Jesus, though. <laughs> you are correct. Sidious was powerful, but the only reason space Jesus was even possibly created is because he and Plagueis, Plagueis, two Sith, were doing force experiments in theory, which in the new canon, they kind of made a thing. Like a while ago, Charles Soule had this like creepy imagery that Vader's having this nightmare of like palpit old gross Palpatine like rubbing his mother's pregnant stomach, which that's a visual that will haunt my nightmares for the rest of my life. Pop, Papa Wedge, he has he has Dooku, he has Ventress, he has Grievous. All of them are supposedly Jedi killers. Which in, in Filoni's Clone Wars is a joke. Yeah. Um, in in reality, like reality for a made up pro, uh, thing. Um, 
In the Clone Wars multimedia project, Dooku had his Sith acolytes, which Quinlan Voss was one of. Mm -hmm. Undercover. I guess technically, I guess technically, even though she wasn't alive by then, Kamari Vilsa would have been one of them as well. Well, I, it just dawned on me. I was reading something or oh, watching a video where Ventress's lightsabers are Kamari Vosas. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, I could be wrong, but yeah, they are. Well, they're identical for one thing. And this is why Dooku, when he gives Ventress the lightsabers in Jinyu Tartoski's Clone Wars, she didn't mm. build them. Yeah, because her originals was one that she had built and her pseudo-master that got um, abandoned on her home planet had. And then when he died, she took his lightsaber and dueled with the two of them until Dooku destroyed them. Yes, in a duel. Where Dooku is just awesome. Yeah, man, Dooku is so... I told you this, I like a few months ago, I recently reread... Um, uh, I guess this is kind of a segue into what we're reading, but uh, I but it was a while ago. I reread the Friends of the Sith novelization, and man yes. is the and man is the Dooku scene so tragic and so like it, amazingly it is, told. It is the best way they could have done that duel. The best way, and his plan, <clears throat> which is never talked about in the Clone Wars timeline of their vision because in the only time I can really think of besides, I don't really remember Yoda dark rendezvous that well, which we get a lot of Dooku in that, as I recall, mm -hmm. but like I recently in the last two years had the misfortune of reading the, uh, the Miller books, wild space, stealth and siege. And in those, it's just Sidious complaining about how Dooku's old. Just a waste, waste of opportunity. They should have done, the only times I can think of where we get young Dooku in the EU are what I'm reading, which is Django Fett Open Seasons. And uh, Legacy and, and Secrets of the Jedi, right? Yes. Yes, we do get but pretty much you don't see... Oh, and you get a little Dooku as Jedi in Plagueis. Yeah. But he's not dueling or anything. You see him as a diplomat, and you get young Qui-Gon. Not a Padawan Qui-Gon, but like a young knighted Qui-Gon. Yeah, I think he's pre-Obi-Wan Qui-Gon in that. I think he's pre-Xanatos Qui-Gon in that as well. It, it skips around a lot, because I remember you get... um. You get pre and post um, Galadrian Dooku, Dooku in that. Yes. I can't wait for that to be re-released. <laughs> that, that's was that next month? Uh, May, March, I think. March? Okay. Yeah. Because we're getting Kenobi and Wedge's Gamble and what's and Dynasty of Evil. Yeah. So that's going to be fun. Really excited for Wedge's Gamble. Yeah, uh, just for the audiobook, honestly. I know. That's my thing. So I didn't own Kenobi as an audiobook, so I just bought that with my Audible credit. Uh, 
just yesterday. It's so, a pretty good audiobook. I have never listened to it. I read it back, oh gosh, in 2016, 2017? I don't know. It's post-Xanatos, but pre-Obi-Wan. Okay. Thank you, Papa Wedge. So, yeah, um, their Comixology had a big sale, Dylan. I'm just going to say okay. what we're reading. And I bought a couple Marvel Epic Collections that are impossible to find. Because I'm selling pretty much all my Epic Collections so I can buy the next two Marvel Omnibuses. Mm-hmm. Reorder them. The Empire and the New Republic. So I'm selling all my Epic Collections to pay for that. Because <laughs> I'm also like moving when the New Republic comes out. And I already, I just pre-ordered Rise of the Sith. Actually, I pre-ordered that a month ago. So I picked up The Menace Revealed Volumes 1 and 2 and The Clone Wars Volumes 1 through 3. And I started reading Menace Revealed Volume 1, and it opens with Jango Fett Open Seasons. Ooh. And what a way... That, and then I knew right away why this epic collection is so flippin' expensive. <laughs> because Rise of the Sith, you know what that opens with? Hmm. It's so bad. I can't believe they did this. It opens with tale stories. All those Mace Windu tales that Matt Wilkins avoided and then got called out and had to go do like a like a retcon episode. The first of those in Matt's expanded universe to talk about a bunch of tales things. But yeah, it opens with a bunch of Mace Windu tales that don't make really any sense. And then Yaddle, the Yaddle story that everyone's like, oh, it's the best Tales story ever. Oh, is that the one where she dies? No, that's in Jedi Quest. It's the one where you figure out her origin when she's trapped underground forever. Oh, okay. And she liberates the city. And then she, even though she never made it to knighthood, they put her on the council Hmm. against Yoda's wishes. It's also one of those times where you see Yoda's yellow lightsaber. Because it was between episodes one and two. When everyone had weird lightsaber colors. Except for Mace Windu. He had the most normal one. He had a blue one. But yeah. um, What are you reading? I'm also reading, actually before I jump in. I'm actually halfway through my reread of... Jedi Apprentice, The Rising Force. My goal this year is to get through this series, which I meant to do last year, but things happened. My goal this year is to get through um, the Force Unleashed duology because I still haven't, I still haven't started book one. I mean, I it's, don't blame you. It's, it's next on, it's next on the list, and I'm just like, uh, <laughs> why? I just don't have the motivation to pick it up. Maybe one day. Yeah, I mean, Rob, Rob D. Good luck. Those are really expensive. I have the Tales of the Jedi ones, which I bought them, and the last Tales of the Jedi uh, Redemption. Half the pages are missing. I was so upset. Oh, I guess that's another kind of 
news not news thing was when Lucasfilm had that thing on the holiday. Um, one of the things mentioned on like their holiday something was like Tales of the Jedi. And people were like, oh, we're getting Tales of the Jedi or there's going to be something called Tales of the Jedi. And then like a couple of days after that, um, Tales of the Jedi Volume 2, which actually collects the first part of the Tales of the Jedi Omnibus was announced. Which that might be it. There might be something. I don't know. It might call an animated series Tales of the Jedi. No. They're trying to reboot droids, which is the strangest thing I've ever heard. From Actually, I shouldn't put it past them. They've done some of the dumbest things with this property that I've ever seen. The first being letting Dave Filoni have as much control as he does. That's that's baffling. This is utterly baffling. Um, another being let's make a trilogy without a plan. That's another baffling one. Let's just redo things and ignore other things. That's a, that's another one they do. Let's focus on the High Republic and contradict lore that we've already established for that time period. Let, let's get rid of the previous continuity so we can keep it all straight. And then six years later, say continuity doesn't matter. And then just add as many EU characters as possible. Did you hear that Darth Tenebris is now in the High Republic? Why? <laughs> is he a Bith as well? Told me this the other day. I was like, what? is he a Bith? Is he a Bith as well? Who knows? I don't know. There, there was someone in a High Republic. Um, children's novel that had a uh, crate dragon armor on but it, the new crate dragons look nothing like that and they're more sandworms from dune i have seen those the the new ones for like from mandalorian season two yeah i've seen that one and it eats the the the, the bantha with all the explosives on it i've seen that Dude, that second season of Mandalorian is bad. Like, the first one, I thought it was pretty decent, as far as new canon goes. There was, like, one episode that I thought was really good, because Carl Weathers, it's the only one that he's in, and he directs it. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, a standalone story. But most of them are Dave Filoni just jerking off to, like, being making Clone Wars and Rebels. He's a... Uh... I've seen it. He's like a pilot, isn't he, in that? Yes, he has a cameo. He and John Favreau both have cameos as the most obese X-Wing pilots I've ever seen. That's a body shame. Well, Jet Porkins and um, What's-His-Face that had, like, the fart wedding exist as well. Oh, what the what is the fart wedding? I don't know what this you is. You don't know about the fart wedding? I, I actually don't know. know. About, you sent it's... me something about the fart wedding. I thought it was porno, so I didn't look at it. <laughs> no. So apparently there's a uh kids book that has a that has a, a wedding where like everyone eats something and then it makes them all fart and the the ceremony is interrupted by everyone farting. Oh god. People who have read canon, what what is <laughs> What in chat who have read canon? Uh, back me up on this. This is a thing, right? <laughs> I've only heard about it from other people. I haven't actually read it God. myself. God, why? But no, like Ahsoka's in there, of course. 
Because Ahsoka, like we said two episodes ago, Ahsoka is the new Kukrook. Join the Resistance, Escape from Vodran. Book two is when it's is when it happens. Or like Escape from a Fart Rat. Like, it's <laughs> just terrible. <laughs> what, what on earth would make someone say, you know what Star Wars needs? More flatulence. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Make that a t-shirt, Geeks Attic. Put it up on our merch store. Papa wish it's canon. Yes, it's canon. It's in canon. I will have to consult uh Rob D, they'll have to consult with Raptor on that. I sincerely hope you're troll. I wish I was troll again. I don't know. I haven't read it. I've only you know, heard Star from Raptor other is such a positive man. He will put a positive spin on it, and I am fascinated. <laughs> he's a very, he's one of the most positive human beings I've ever met. When his Legos fell in the trash, he said, oh, oh, well. It's a Snap and Carrie's wedding. Oh, God. Snap Wexley. Also known as Fat Wedge Jr. Yeah. This is the podcast where we get yelled at for body shame. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just like if you're in a military, there's regulation. I don't care if it's a rebellion or not. Like, well, there's also um, size restrictions because they're in like a, a cockpit and a snub fighter, which is a very, it's like the smallest thing they can possibly um, in X Wing that they can fit a hyperdrive on. Yes. Because I remember, um, <clears throat> and of World War II knowledge, they actually had, um, because the Soviets had this issue where they didn't have enough steel, so they had to make their tanks, like, really small. So they had, like, a height requirement that you could not be taller than this height to be a tank operator, because otherwise you just wouldn't fit in them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, they're... There are fitness requirements in militaries. You don't see obese stormtroopers or just overweight stormtroopers. And you don't see a lot of like I'm just saying it just didn't work. It was it was a funny sort of cameo, but unfortunately it was foreshadowing for what was to come, which was Ahsoka Ahsoka's looking for Thrawn so she can fight Ezra because some people still care about rebels. And then like freaking what's her face from Death Watch that was like Duchess Satil's sister is there. Who, by the way, has aged remarkably well in what, 20, 25 years? I don't know how long it's been since... Are they going to keep? Are going to keep the canon that uh, the Mandalorians figured out the de aging thing? You know, they'll probably rip it off and ruin it. It's the only thing I can think because apparently they did. Um, I, I think um, in Legacy of the Force they run into Jang Skarita, and mm -hmm. he says, "Yeah, we eventually figured out how to like stop the de aging process, like the accelerated aging process." Yes. But, like, there was the whole thing, because Boba Fett's a thing in that. I don't know how much you know about Mandalorian Season 2. I 
I've only, I only know what I've seen secondhand, which but is the, the Dune Worm. And Luke? did you see? Luke? Yeah, I, yeah, Luke I've this horrible motion capture. I've seen the meme of the guy crying over Luke. Oh my god! Oh yeah, what was that? I can't remember his name. He did that Darth Vader short. That was pretty decent. Um. He has all those really cringy shirts that have Star Wars people with meme glasses on. By the way, is Rebels still going on? No, Rebels ended a long time ago. It got okay. canceled. It ended with season four, which was a shit show. Because I I will give this credit. I Rebels seasons one and two, two in particular, is pretty decent, except for when Dave Filoni does what he did in Mandalorian season two. He jerks off the fact that he made Clone Wars. A bunch of Clone Wars characters show up. He does the same thing in Mandalorian, where like they oh they fix the uh, whole thing of Mandalorians can't take off their armor. You find out that Mando, he is part of a zealot cult and never realized it of of Mandalorians that have separated off from the other Mandalorians. So he has issues with oh god I can't someone who who is the uh, the leader wait does, so the the death watch mandos are the good guys in are the good mandos in canon well no these people get when maul took over death watch and then became mandalore they're the people that ran away do you remember that i don't when he kills the visla that prima visla I which stopped is watching not related to that. the other <laughs> visla that's in jango fed open seasons I, I stopped watching it uh, well before that. Because that's in like season four or five. He takes over Death Watch. Maul becomes... Maul takes over Death Watch and starts a crime empire. Where we find out that everyone in Black Sun looks like Zezer. They're all the same race. Because, because remember when he... Had the episode where Quinlan Voss acted like a dumb surfer, and he and Obi Wan like had to capture Zero the Hut, and Zero goes to all the the huts, and there's the Scarface Hut, like the Tony Tony Montana Hut. There's the Marlon Brando Godfather Hut, and they just speak other utter utter nonsense. Do you remember that? I wish I didn't. Well, he does something similar-ish where he decides that everyone in Black Sun is a Falling. <laughs> That's a thing. Oh, Prince Zezer is now part of New Canon. He's referenced in the Marvel comics, I guess. I saw a panel of that. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, and like someone help me. Help me here. Like who is the... She's supposed to be the leader of the Mandalorians. But she doesn't end up with the Darksaber because the Mandalorian beat Moth, Moth Gideon. What's her name? And she's like all butthurt that like she can't... She'll have to fight Mando for the, the, the right to wield the Darksaber. Why do they care? Why would the Mandalorians care about a Jedi weapon? Because that was the first Jedi Mandalorian who wielded that weapon. The fact that there was a Jedi Mandalorian is baffling to me. Why would they care? It's, 
The only Mandalorians that have Jedi weapons are because they they have them for tr- as trophies because they killed one. Yeah, and then the thing is, so like we find there's like a possible there's like a theory that the Mandal the the dark saber is more powerful than oh Bo Katan Bo Katan is her name, and she's a dunk ass in it. She's not as dunk assy as she has like a sassy like like smart mouth and like sidekick Mandalorian that's like new created for that. And she's the worst. And she and Boba Fett get in like a weird fight. She starts fighting an elderly man, which by the way, Boba Fett's like half Tuscan now, but like, he's like, he like becomes part of the Tuscan Raiders, I guess, in book of Boba Fett, but I have not seen that. people. I don't have Disney plus my girlfriend has Disney plus, but it, we have just started the prequel trilogy rewatch. We watched Phantom Menace. She was not very thrilled. I was not very thrilled. Really? Phantom Menace? It's just not that good of a movie. Mm. It's got bad Jar Jar and Jake Lloyd. I guess. And then like she's like, Wanna well, watch Attack of the Clones? I'm like, do you want to sit for two and a half hours? Because she is not like watching like sitting for that long. She's not like sitting for like a two hour movie, typically. Mm-hmm. She's like, no. And I'm like, I don't blame you. So we haven't watched Attack of the Clones yet. So yeah, we'll get to there. Popovich Phantom Menace is a masterpiece. I mean, compared to Rise of Skywalker, the one of the worst to try. I thought it was the worst sequel to a movie I'd ever seen, but I saw Halloween Kills recently and Ghostbusters Afterlife. And it may those movies are horrendous. Let's have a nostalgia. I'm I've never agreed with Red Letter Media so much ever than with their two half-in-the-bag reviews of those atrocities to cinema. It's like, it's a... We're gonna get a, like, a... We're gonna get an explicit tag, because I've said jerking off so many times. I try not to swear, but there is another... There isn't any other way of, like, just fanboys beating off to, like, Ghostbusters. It's like, you know... Harold Ramis did not care about nostalgia. It's like, and Geeks Addict's gonna get so mad. I told Geeks Addict that I thought that Ghostbusters Afterlife was worse than Ghostbusters 2016. Because <laughs> at least Ghostbusters 2016 got that Ghostbusters is supposed to be a comedy. Oh, man. How are you still friends? <laughs> We didn't speak the rest of the day. <laughs> I, but no, I just... He and I are... We're, we're, we bond over other things than Ghostbusters. Like our love of movie novelizations. You should check out paper movies. But <clears throat> Halloween Kills is the worst sequel. And that's saying something, because Halloween is a franchise of god-awful sequels. But I'll tell you what... I would rather see Paul Rudd write runes on the ground to take care of Michael Myers or Buster Rhymes do Kung Fu on Michael Myers before I hear evil dies tonight 2,000 times in a movie where no one wanted to act and everyone is an awful, obnoxious character where they chase 
a crazy man off of out a window to so he falls to his death where the old sheriff from the first movie used to be like he's turning us into monsters this is so bad but rise of skywalker that's like number three why couldn't it have ended at h2 why couldn't it have ended at the return of michael myers <laughs> <laughs> Because you have to sit through... I rewatched Halloween, The Revenge of Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. It is. It has some of the worst cinematography I've ever seen in a movie. Well, that and Curse of Michael Myers both have horrible cinematography. It is, they're just almost... They're pretty much unwatchable. So they re-released... I know this isn't Star Wars and we're like over an hour in, but like... Why not at this point? When else am I going to talk about the 4K restorations, Halloween's <laughs> one through five, that came out through Shop Factory? Which for oh, Halloween, you should do a disc case review on it. Oh, they're not terrible. I I do have a few things like this Kubrick box set that is the worst packaging I've seen in a while, where I literally ripped it trying to open it. There's a few. I should do some disc case problems. Some of these Criterion movies are bad. It's such a, it's such an untapped niche. Of... I know. I rewatched the JMA disc case problems from like ten years ago. Those <laughs> are ten years old now. God, I'm old. <laughs> well, they're close to it. The JMA channel turned ten last year. I've been on YouTube making YouTube videos since. No. In 2010 was my first YouTube video. <clears throat> Stupid Chainsaw Productions will turn 10 this year. Which is bizarre. But yeah, no, they, um, for Halloween 1 and 2, it seems like they only cared about those two releases because they don't have the, Halloween is owned by like three different companies. The Weinsteins own Halloween 6, H2O, and Resurrection, which will probably never see them get re-released, which is a shame, I guess. I don't know. But H2O is like the only semi-competent sequel because it actually has a good ending for the for the Halloween series. Halloween 2 is fine. So Halloween 2 is a ripoff of Friday the 13th that was a ripoff of Halloween. Yeah. That's Halloween too. It's not terrible. They they give you the TV cut, which has, cuts out a bunch of the film. You can get that's part of like the the special edition release. But with Halloween four and five, especially, they did not care. Three two has some more special features. Three, I think, is the best sequel of Halloween because it has nothing to do with Michael Myers. But Halloween twenty eighteen is not good. The Halloween Kills is the worst. It's worse than the Rob Zombie movies. Oh, God. It is the worst because it doesn't even try to be its own movie. It references things that aren't canon anymore. Like Tommy Doyle, who was Paul Rudd's character in Six, he was a little boy in the first one. In the novelization, I don't know, I don't remember it being in the movie, but I tried to read the novelization, and it's the first novelization I gave up on and I refused to review. It's so horrible. He has a Cult of Thorn tattoo on him. That's from Halloween's 5 and 6. Why does he have a Cult of Thorn tattoo on? They're at the bar that all the the fat rednecks that go and try to hunt Michael Myers in the fourth one, which is really funny because they kill a random mob. (laughs) 
it's the thing I always remember from Halloween four. That and the the the, the slutty uh, sheriff's daughter who has the t- doesn't wear pants through most of the movie has the shirt. Cops do it by the book. It gets coffee thrown on her, so she has to get naked again to put on a a different shirt. <laughs> like these are the things I remember, like from this awful that awful movie. But yeah, the bar has they're in the same bar as that. Um, they reference like. H2O and stuff. They reference all these movies that aren't canon. Like, what's the point? Oh, some kids get killed by like Michael Myers, or like they get attacked by him, and they're wearing the Halloween three witch skeleton and pumpkin masks. Like, why? Hi, Scott. So wait, it's referencing things that aren't canon, but also just trying to can. Did Dave Filoni write this? He might. He might have ghost written it, and, and then on his resume to get like. Uh, get this job, you know, he put created Avatar The Last Airbender. That was number one. <laughs> he just directed like eight episodes of book one. That's all he did for Avatar. Hey, he created that. He created Avatar. He created Star Wars. Just waited like five more years and he's going to say he and George came up with Star Wars. I mean, we made a joke about that on Minox Nest, but I think it's going to happen. Who here? Okay, who's listening to this podcast that actually knows what Minox Nest is? No one. No one knows what Minox Nest is. That's okay. I can make a joke about you being John Sadler, and no one would get it anymore. I made that joke. I called you John Sadler on a Marco Polo chat, with, and Adam didn't know what I was talking about. Which was kind of funny. We've been around too long. <laughs> Dude, we've been doing Legends since 2014? 15? Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, because we got I got banned from Minox Nest. Remember that? Yeah, and this is what, episode 33? We've done... It's like 37 or 38. 37? Excellent. We're almost at 40. We'll hit 40 episodes by our 10 years. We need to do more of these because we're ranked so high on Audible. <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who just tuned in, we got. I was going through my Audible Star Wars recommendations and our podcast popped up number three. <laughs> and, and I like told my girlfriend, she's like, Maybe because I was thinking about doing Star Wars reviews on a different podcast. I'm like, you know, maybe I just put them on Star Wars Legends. And I'm like, no, why don't I just get Dylan on here? We just actually do a Legends podcast. But anyway, any any closing thoughts? We probably don't have questions. It's been like eight months. Papa Wedge doesn't know who John Sadler is and found a well, horse racer. No one's John Sadler. Okay, so real real talk. John Sadler. <laughs> John Sadler was this guy we used to know. He was a regular on semi-regular on Minox Nest and uh admined a few Facebook groups. We need to actually explain why don't we explain how we met first? Because yeah. this will make sense. So this guy, a fake Mandalorian by the name of Django Fett, whose channel actually does worse than mine, even though it has 
a couple thousand subscribers, but I seem to get more views than him. I don't know how this works, but I'm going to throw shade at him because he treated us both really terribly for next to no reason. We did used to do these Star Wars reviews Google Hangouts before StreamYard. Man, there was remember Google, Google Hangouts. Hangouts and all of its bugs. <laughs> anyway, so Dylan and I met on the second episode, which I think John Sadler was also on. But I noticed this thing where he and John Sadler never talked at the same time. And they both lived in the same area. What state was it? He uh, he lived in, it was Illinois. He lived one town away from the town that I graduated in, but we didn't, we, and it was like, huh, that's interesting. But I had moved to California by then. Allegedly. And I decided that both Dylan and John Sadler were the same person. And so I used to call Dylan John Sadler a lot. <laughs> And I'm the only one that laughs at it. Because the real John Sadler got really, really angry. He, he got he got pretty pissed with me for like doing that. He got pissed for a lot of reasons. He ended up leaving. He he ended up like going cold turkey on social media because it was bad for him. And I ha we haven't heard anything from him since. It's been years. It's probably been close to five years. Yeah, I wanna say I wanna say he left like right before the billboard went up. The original billboard. That's how long it's been. Rob D, does he get I don't know. So here's the thing. I I sometimes go on when I feel like making a view a review. And to for all honesty, I shit on Django. I have I don't really have hard feelings for that whole thing. I think it worked out for all of us, to be honest. I know I'm backpedaling here. Um he and I, it was just what he did. He and I were pr really close for a long time. Um, and I credit him for... It. Legends wouldn't get the viewership it does. Um, because of... Um, it wouldn't be possible because of Django. Django introduced Dylan and me. If it weren't for Django, I wouldn't have met Tristan, who then would introduce me to Matt Wilkins. We were all this tight group. Mm -hmm. Geeks Addicts as well. We wouldn't have met Geeks Addicts if it wasn't for Django. Yeah. Uh, we wouldn't... Even Dark Snovia, who we really don't get along with. We wouldn't have been as good of friends with him at the time. We were, we were in the trenches of fighting with Disney for so long. And for the dumbest, pettiest bullshit with a shitty little-ass channel who he can't even be on the website, and he takes most of his videos down because he talks so much fucking shit about it. And I'm going off. I'm going off. This is the last time I want to talk about B-level Star Wars ever and our, our fucking beef. I will give it that. It came from he was bullying my friends, and the old ranter in me, which I shouldn't have done, decided, oh, fuck it. I'm going to start shit with them. And I did. And he wouldn't back off. And he, and it, it's the weird, I've never had, and I have, from back in my last channel days where I pissed people off on a regular basis, even when I pissed off the James Rolfe, the angry video game nerd fans, it was nothing compared to 
the council in exile. They are just the worst people. Not all of them are bad. Like some of them, like Iron Inquisitors, like, hey, this is fucking weird. And I don't want to speak for Iron Inquisitor. He can come on if he wants and talk about it. But like they were so toxic and they wanted to fight the fandom menace, which there's quite a few people toxic in the fandom menace. And it was the dumbest thing for the movement. Dylan, correct me if I'm wrong. It was one of the worst things that happened to the movement. I wouldn't say the worst. We had a lot. The early days were really rough. I mean, yeah, with Edward and all that. But, like, this was the worst thing to happen in a while. And they attacked twin sons. It said that we're, you were getting, they claimed you were getting cuts of charity money. <laughs> Which is illegal. Which is just. And- slanderous and there was just so much slander and libel and just the oh god rob d just put up uh i still remember how much b-level star wars lost his shit when matt wilkins became friends with ryan kennel here oh okay. yeah Th- that's how he really started to get his freaking views and I'll never forget when he he and I were supposed to debate. Uh, he I was gonna go on there and argue with him, which can you guys imagine the shit show that would have happened if I gave him the time of day? And every a lot of people told me no. And that's why I didn't do it. Like a lot of people said no, and I'm like, you're right. I am an adult. <clears throat> I'm not the shitty teenager I was when I used to make all my rant videos. Start shit with people. I've grown up and I should be act like an adult. And he tried to manipulate me into fighting with him. And like Dark Snovia like started shit with me. And they all just like came down. They shit on me for two fucking days. My phone went off nonstop because they wouldn't stop fucking commenting. It was just ridiculous. And It's just, like, it's so bad because we were all part of the Star Wars reviewers group and shit went south immediately in our admin chat. Mm -hmm. It was that and another thing that happened. Oh, yeah. There was some political disagreement, which we don't necessarily follow the political thought that Django thinks we do. But we we were talking politics in there, and he really stopped engaging with us before that. Or after that, yeah. Well, after that. My bad. Um, but the, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Janko and I were so close. He called me the day after the fire happened, where I lost my house and was homeless, to see how I was doing. Like, that's that's how we were. We were good friends. And then... That thing, this little trivial pissing match, just causes us not to be friends. And he's not part of that thing anymore. So, I don't know. I'm sorry for shitting on you, Django. I doubt you'll ever watch this, but, you know, if you ever want to come on, welcome to come on or chat with either of us. 
I'm assuming Dylan would be fine with it too. Yeah. Like, there's a there's a lot of water that needs to go under the bridge with this, obviously. But yeah, this is. But yeah, the fucking B level Dark Snowvia nonsense because it really boiled down to the two of them, and they all all those people that like stayed for as long as they did, they stayed because Dark Snowvia had the subscriber numbers. But then they, they they've sort of imploded, I guess. I don't know. I see nothing of them anymore. But yeah, Dylan has gone silent. He is solemn Dylan on his urine couch. No, I'm just reading the chat. And yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing, like Papa Wedge. He he was genuinely kind, and then he just said, "We're not going to post Matt Wilkins' videos because we used to put Matt Wilkins' expanding universe reviews in Star Wars reviewers. I think it was the only thing that really got traction. And Geeks and I posted our reviews on there. Uh, yeah, no, he's B level meme lord, I think now." Mm-hmm. He changed his name. No, he's B level media group. What a f- that's that's I think what he is now. I I don't know if you heard about this or I told you this, but right after we all got kicked out of uh, the reviewers group, I Brian actually put a promotional uh, promotional post about a twin. I think it was the twins on second billboard campaign going up <laughs> and. And Django, and Django commented on it, and like eventually took it down, going like, "Hey, you're not you're not supposed to post this here." And I remember Brian told me, "Yep, I I I unfriended him, and I and I friended Ryan Kim." <laughs> I left the group. Like, I'll tell you what, Ryan Kennel, for all of his ranting and stuff, is a really nice guy. Yeah, he is. He is. He was really kind to me during that time. And I do appreciate him. And he was on here. He actually was on the Legends podcast. Yeah, we've we've had a lot of people on. It's the only time you weren't on the Legends podcast, Dylan, because you were too busy with school. That's something. Yeah. Oh, uh, I guess life update. I have a degree now and a job. That's a yeah. thing that happened. Yeah, and it's not just getting urinated on on that couch and getting quarters thrown at him. It's like a quarter to pee on him. <laughs> right before this happened i noticed i had a quarter on my desk and so he said we're going live like okay let me put this quarter away <laughs> well you, you, the quarter episode we, i don't think i ever released that that was so bad uh, this is just this is just this is just friendship right here just, just two dudes who had to sleep next to each other in a tiny ass hotel room because Matt booked it and realized, oh, I forgot to get two beds. <laughs> oh yeah, the bed that the bed that I made that was two chairs and a pillow. <laughs> and a Star Wars comforter from the 80s that Matt has had since he was a child. I didn't bother to sleep that way. I think the time I had to sleep on the ground, Dylan. 
Oh yeah, I you slept on the ground. I slept on my makeshift bed when because we rotated the uh, who gets to sleep on the floor, and I made and I had the first day, so I made my little like chair bed, and Matt slept in the chair bed, and you were just like, no, I'm just gonna sleep on the floor, and I didn't sleep, which was a really bad thing. I I think I slept for like two hours, then I got up and I texted my now ex for like most of it and she was like not thrilled that I was texting her so ungodly early because it was a two hour time difference <laughs> oh Papa Leds I'm just far away from my camera also this isn't a basement I don't, there's only one I'm in an apartment there's only one floor <laughs> also we don't have these things called basements in California because we have these things called earthquakes yeah I mean we don't have them in northern California because lava cap it's too hard to dig. It's not worth it, typically. Sometimes you do. Like, my room, when I... The big room I had in my old videos before the fire, that room, mm -hmm. one side of it was in the side of the canyon. The other side was, like, a, I had two doors, and I, sliding glass doors, and I could walk out on and I had my own deck and stuff. It was a cool studio. Yeah. That was a dope-ass room. Another thing you needed it was... was I live in a studio now, and it's nowhere near as cool. It's only half the size of that. That thing was a It's better than the, uh, the place you were living out with those roommates for a Which while. Ones? Which ones? Uh, I've, lived with, I've lived with 20 <clears throat> people and liked three of them. Uh, I don't remember. I just remember there were some Legends podcasts where you had to like tell them to just shut up. <laughs> oh, when I was upstairs, the drunken ones? I think so. Oh, that was when I lived with the white supremacists. Oh, that was awful. You lived with that Tristan? wasn't as bad. I lived that with a, a bad drug joke. dealer. Not, actually, that's that's not that's a true story. I lived with white nationalists that were pretty much white supremacists, and just oh god, I was dating a black girl at the time, and she dumped me. It was so it was so embarrassing. That was a year of embarrassment. Man, babies. Their parents bought them a house so they could teach them how to be adults when one was 30 and the other one was 28. All they did was play video games and scream all the fucking time. Oh God, that was so bad. I could barely ever film. I could only film like in the, when COVID happened, I think I filmed a few videos because they would work and I lost my job because they were, they were essential employees. So I got the house to myself. That wasn't so bad, but in the night I just, did sleep but no i lived with a drug dealer at my last place that was horrible he tried to have me jumped by his gang friends that's that's why the last legends podcast has never been uploaded to anchor to be distributed that was when i was like fleeing and couldn't live at my house that i had two months lease time and i couldn't get out of my lease so he just trashed the place while the rest of us like fled they were just like junkies all over the place. They, they, they pooped in a toilet till it clogged, and they kept pooping in it till it ran out of water. So when you lifted it up, there was so much fecal matter that it was the toilet could barely close. They broke. That was the second toilet they had broken. Because I put a lock on mine in one of my roommate's bathrooms. My other roommate had a shared bathroom with him. 
and he wouldn't go to the bathroom. He would pee in bottles. He would not poop because he worked in the bay on the weekends. He would only poop Saturday and Sunday. Was he on like that military? Was he eating like MRE? So no, he wasn't. He was eating canned food though. He was cooking in a with a cook stove in his bedroom. He didn't leave unless he had to. <laughs> Rob D, thank you for that, Jeremy. Hey, remember can... when this was a Star Wars podcast? Yeah, I don't know. It was it was flipping wild. I can tell you that. Anyway, that was that's a whole nother topic. It's that that nightmare. You do a backpedalers on it, but not tonight. Anyway, um, anything? Any closing thoughts? Uh, Star Wars. Uh, Revenge of the Sith novelization is good. You should read it. It's okay. It's okay. okay? Oh, that's right. You hate Stover. I I dislike Stover. I won't say I hate him. I like Shatterpoint. I like Shatterpoint quite a bit. How did you like the Shatterpoint Shatterpoint audiobook? Did you? um... Oh yeah, with Sullivan Jones. Oh, he's really good. I it made the first person journal stuff a lot better. Which was one of my problems I had with reading Shatterpoint, which is why I had never finished it. <clears throat> but I don't like Luke Skywalker in the Shadows of Middor, like at all. I mean, I don't need two pages on how a TIE Defender works. Like I don't care. If I wanted to read that much about a Star Wars ship, I'd read one of the schematic books. Like, I don't care. It doesn't add anything to the story other than padding. Papa Wedge somehow Darth Maul returned. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. Yeah, Stover's great. Jeremy's wrong. I have a very unpopular opinion. That is true. Oh, Matt Matthew Wilson, the Geeks Addict, did not care for the second half of Shatterpoint because there was too much war. It's like this is the Vietnam Star Wars book. I'm like, yeah, it is. Yeah, that's it's based on Apocalypse Now, kind of. Which is based on loosely based off of Heart of Darkness. And this is when I say Apocalypse Now is an overrated movie. <laughs> and offend a bunch of movie people. They're like, oh, it's the best thing ever. It's the best adaptation of Vietnam. That's like a combination of a nerd and Marlon Brando. Pretty good. Uh, you pissed off Papa Wedge. Mindor is awesome. I actually haven't read Mindor. So I'll have to. Oh, yeah. You skipped Mindor and Tatooine Ghosts and Scourge. Yeah, I skipped the when I went through the um, the Bantam era, I skipped the the Delray additions to the Bantam era. I mean, I'd rather read Shadows of Mindor than Tatooine Ghost. I don't think Tatooine Ghost adds much of anything except for the conception of Jaina and Jason. Is in that. It's Troy Denny. It's, um, as a freaking quality autism would put it, he's a sex pervert. Yeah, I guess Jedi Trial. I saw Jedi Trial more as like a World War One, World War Two book. 
<clears throat> Scott Johnson, who said it was both a Shatterpoint and Jedi Trailer of the Vietnam books. Is, isn't that the one where Anakin's knighted? Yeah. Which is wrong because of Filoni's Clone Wars. Yeah. Which Matt Wilkins did the best retcon, like best attempt to fix continuity with that. Yeah. Yeah, the other Vietnam Star Wars story I remember. Well, everyone says the Umbara arc from CW, but that doesn't work because the the Republic won it. Umbara. The point of Vietnam is that we lost, which is why I think Jabim is the better example of it. Yeah. Umbara is interesting because it's the Jedi that's fallen to the yeah. dark side, kind of, but for the greater good? Yeah, and he just hates clone troopers for some reason. Yeah, and he wields two double-bladed lightsabers for fan service purposes. Also, he's Dexter Jexter species for fan service purposes. That is true. <laughs> They have another one of those in um, the new canon book, Battlefront Twilight Company. And he ends up losing an arm and getting a mechanical one. And he, like, carries, like, machetes or something. I remember him being kind of cool. That book's not terrible. Uh, Anyway... So, I I think we should just end this. Yeah, it's been an hour and a half over. <laughs> My girlfriend's like texting me like, "Where are you?" So, yeah. Anyway, have a good one. Bye. Bye.